All right, so uh, good morning. There's, there's progress. We are, we're getting there. Uh, apparently the window's going in this week and the plaster is still getting much closer at drying. I, I must have some sort of uh, amazing magnetic personality that's just interfering with the, uh, the wireless mic frequency. It's, it's, it's now science, apparently. So we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll, we'll keep getting from here to there. Uh, today we are continuing in our study entitled Make a Difference. Learning to follow God well. And, and as we've gone through this study, we've been looking at three people, all in the book of 1 Samuel. We've looked at a woman named Hannah. And then we looked at a uh, prophet, priest, uh, judge, a, a guy by the name of, of Samuel. And Samuel, ultimately, he leads well, and then he's rejected by the nation as the leader. And the, and the nation wants uh, this, they want a king. So... For the last couple messages, we have, other than last week's, which was a, a, a Isaiah 61, and we talked about that here. But for the last couple messages, we've been looking at 1 Samuel chapters 9 and 10. And the first time that we looked at it, we looked at this transition between Samuel and the king and Saul, and who's going to become king, uh, gave it away, uh, between king, uh, Saul. And we looked at this transition through the eyes of Samuel and, and him um, following God well by obediently appointing his successor in the context of rejection, uh, of his own personal rejection. Him not just caving by that and instead pushing forward in that. Uh, so then the last time we looked at these chapters, we started looking at um, Saul's journey, kind of this beginning of, of Saul. And, and him going from just wandering and, and looking for his father's donkeys to being anointed king. And we're in this process. And so um, the last time we entitled the message, When God Calls. When God Calls. And, and, we, and that was actually part one of a two-part message, When God Calls. And in, so in case you're new here or if you don't remember everything that I say... <coughs> I'm sure there's one person out there. But if you don't remember everything I say, let me just remind you of where we're at when we're talking about when God calls. We started talking through um, in 1 Samuel chapter 9 and how when God calls, we need to be very strong and courageous. Or No, we need to be strong and very courageous. We need to be very courageous. And that's just a repeated message throughout the Bible. When God's calling people, this, this need to be strong and very courageous. Following God well takes courage. And we looked at Saul's journey and we saw how when God calls, it can be unexpected. It can be unexpected, not part of our plans, not the forward direction sometimes that we were, that we were hoping for. When God calls, it can be unexpected. But when God calls, he also confirms those callings. And when God calls, he also empowers you to be able to do what God's called you to do. And when God calls, he can also change our hearts. We might have originally, when God speaks to us and calls us into something, thought it was a terrible idea and had no interest in it at all. And then we step out in obedience and God captures our hearts for his heart, for his calling in our lives. So we saw that taking place as we, we began looking at Saul, searching for his father's uh, donkeys, and then having this feast with the prophet Samuel being secretly anointed king of, of the nation, and then God started confirming that very day that it wasn't just Samuel's idea, but it was God's idea by fulfilling several um, 
several powerful moments on the same day where one of them, uh, uh, King Saul, yeah, Saul, King Saul is going along and these prophets come out and he starts, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit and he starts prophesying with them. Well, there's several confirmations that take place kind of in the, uh, at the beginning of chapter 10. And that's kind of where we're going to start picking up today. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, as we, be, as we continue looking at when God calls. So when God calls, it can be unexpected, but he confirms, he empowers, and he changes hearts. But we're going we're gonna to see what else in, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, starting in verse 14. So Saul has gone through this, this process of confirmation, and basically he, he gets home. And in verse 14, it says this. It says, Saul's uncle asked him and his attendant, where did you go? I mean, they've been gone for days. To look for the donkeys, Saul answered. When, they, when, they, when we saw they weren't there, we went to Samuel. Tell me, Saul's uncle asked, what did Samuel say to you? Saul told him, he assured us the donkeys had been found. However, however, Saul did not tell him what Samuel had said about the matter of kingship. Just one little itty bitty detail, uh, detail issue. Now, what, what, what's going on there? Well, sometimes when God calls, it's often awkward with family. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who's experienced this. Uh, awkward with family. Now, praise God, that's not really part of my, my personal experience. But I do know that many, I know many of your situations, and I know that so, I've heard so many of your stories. And when you've told your parents, or when you've been talking to your parents about where you feel like God's leading you in your future, there's been a few moments uh, uh, or, or ongoing. Uh, my, my parents were very open-handed with me. Uh, when it comes to my life and my future, I really appreciated that. I think that there was a, a major rejection of my what happened with my dad and his generation. So my my, my dad um, my dad was never able to to escape uh, his father's uh, direction for my dad's life. He he couldn't break free of of what my what my grandfather wanted him to do. He was and so in kind of rejection of that, I remember as a teenager, about thirteen years old. My, my dad, my dad came to me, and now I'm the firstborn in my family, and and we have this multi generational family business in uh, welding and manufacturing in, in the Seattle area. Uh, and, but he made it clear to me with his words, and this is important if you're a parent and you want your kids to follow God, you've got to release them with your words before they go through all the time. You got to release them. And, and he said to me, he said something along the, the lines of. Brian, you do not have to take up this business. I mean, it'd be great if you did. You do not have to do this. God will take care of my business. You don't have to do that. You follow God with your life. Now, that is really important. That's really important to communicate to our children, to, to release them to, to follow God. And, and, and at a young enough age where they can be thinking about that after, uh, w w yeah, when they're young. Now, some of you... Young or even old, like my, my dad was never experienced this. Even even after his retirement, he he never experienced it. Some of you do not feel released by your parents and the obligations you feel from them to follow God well with your life. 
So I want to say something delicately. I want to say something delicately to you, okay? Honor your father and your mother, but seek first the kingdom of God. I want, I want you to, even, even if your path, path goes different from their path for you, you can still seek to honor them in the ways that you can, but first seek to follow God's path for you more than your parents' path for you. And so if, if you don't feel released to be able to do that, I release you right now from that in the name of Jesus to follow God well. That is your commission. And you've got to follow God first. No matter the pressures, no matter the obligations, no matter the, the, the shoulds and, and all those things. It's, it's I, I hear you. Love your parents well, follow God first. It, 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 can, be, it can be awkward. Following your calling can be awkward with your family. Um, I, I think of Joseph. That's a little bit beyond awkward. Joseph says, hey, you're all going to bow down to me. Uh, and brother and sister and, and no, well, I don't, he, didn't, he doesn't have a sister. But uh, brothers, you're going to bow down to me. And mom and dad, you're going to bow down to me. And not everybody was super pleased with that. And, and it kind of led to him being sold off into slavery, as you do. Uh, and, and, and so it was a little bit awkward, him hearing about God's call for his life. Sometimes God's calling is, is awkward to the families, and maybe it's because your parents don't believe in God. That can be really awkward. And, and they, don't believe, they don't believe in kind of what you're, they don't understand. Because they don't understand this, this God thing. And so they think you're just making foolish choices because they don't understand. Some of you have experienced that. Some of you still experience that. Some of you experience the, the fact that your, your parents do believe in God, but they feel this internal conflict because they want what's best for you and they want you to, to, to be all you can be, I don't know, and, and be well provided for and have a safe and prosperous life and, 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 and they, they want good things for you. Sometimes God asks us to take different paths that are less financially Wow. It could be in big and small ways. Um, some of you, it could be like career choices. Sometimes it's, it's more of a small thing. I had a small thing this last week or so. Uh, I received a little, bit, a little bit of an inheritance where my grandparents passed away. Not the best way to receive money. Nobody wants to receive money that way. But a little bit. And, 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 and one, of, one of my relatives said, you know, this was intended for, for you. So, so don't give any to the church. This is, this is for you to use for you. That's just, that's just a little thing. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I want to honor God with, with, with everything that he provides and, and give it first and best to the church. But, but they're, they're, that little family pressure. No, this is for you to spend on, on, on you. It can be small ways. It can be big ways. Uh, and, 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 it's, and it's often not even malicious. It's, it's done with love for us, and, and so we'll love them, but we're going to follow God, God well. Um, sometimes your parents don't realize you've grown up. That God has supernaturally empowered you to do something that they don't see in you. So sometimes they, 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 don't, they don't understand that God is going to open doors that they can't figure out how they're ever going to be opened. Because God's hand is on you. 
So it can be awkward, maybe based on some immaturities in your story or some mistakes in some years or in your 20s or 50s, whatever you're at. And, 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 they, and the, your parents look at you and they hear what you're saying and they're like, okay, yeah, but, but you, right? And, and I just think that's an amazing moment. If your parents doubt, uh, doubt you as you're getting ready to honestly follow God well with your life, and you've listened to their wisdom, and you've listened to their advice, and yet you, you feel confident that God has called and it's been confirmed, and, and his empowerment is with you, and, and all that's taking place, then your parents have a spectacular front row seat. They have a spectacular front row seat more than anybody else to see that what happens through your life isn't from you, but that God is real and he's at work in your life. And they of all people will see it clearly. I know that's not my kid. God is real. And he's really at work in our generation, helping you, empowering you. And your family, maybe they know the worst about you, maybe they don't, but, but they, they know something. And they are best placed to marvel at God and how God can use imperfect people, how God can use broken people, but how God can use people whose pasts are ugly and filled with mistakes to do extraordinary things when God calls, when God calls. Uh, awkward it can be, uh, just like that sentence, awkward it can be. Sometimes your calling brings um, some, some unique power shifts. And that's what's going on with Saul here. So Saul is, Saul is, uh, is he's going to be king, which means the uncle and his dad and his, you know, all that, all that society normality of who's in charge is about to be flipped upside down. And, and uncle, okay, now, now I'm, I'm kind of the boss here. Now I'm kind of the king of the nation. Uh, it, it is experiencing Joseph. It, it, it might, it, it can also, okay, it's not, you don't have to become king. You can just find yourself in a few awkward family role reversal situations. I had one a few years ago. I was teaching at Lakeside uh, Bible Camp, and my parents were there. And so I'm in the role of, of like, camp speaker and teacher and, and all that sort of thing. And one of the messages was about marriage. I don't know if you've ever talked to your parents about how marriage ought to be. Uh, so I'm sitting there teaching and I'm teaching about the covenant of marriage and, and marriage you know, faithfulness and all that kind of stuff. And my, my mom, who's uh, been divorced four times, is sitting there. And my father, who's with his next wife, is, is sitting there. And there's some uh, unfaithfulness in their story as well. And so I get to be in this, uh, this uh, role reversal situation as their uh, speaker talking about how marriage ought to be. It was more awkward than that, than, 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 than how you see. Sometimes, though, following God's call for your life, things kind of can flip upside down in, in a few moments uh, unexpectedly. Now, I don't know exactly what Saul's family relationship is like, but that's, that's, that's probably behind his why I'm not going to tell my uncle that I'm now going to be king. I'm kind of the big boss around here now. And, and, he, and he keeps silent there. I, I get it. I get it. Because when God calls, it can be awkward a little bit with family. Uh, let's, let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. I'm having too much fun. Verse, verse 17, this is what happens. Uh, Samuel summoned the people to Yahweh, to the Lord at Mizpah. 
And he and said to the Israelites, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought Israel out of Egypt and I rescued you from the power of the Egyptians and all the kingdoms that were oppressing you. But today you have rejected your God who saves you. You've rejected your God who saves you from all your troubles and afflictions. And you said to him, to your God, you must set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord uh, by your tribes and clans. Samuel had all the tribes of Israel come forward, and the tribe of Benjamin was selected. Then he had the tribe of Benjamin come forward by its clans, and the Matrite clans clan was selected. Finally, Saul, son of Kish, was selected, but when they searched for him, they could not find him. They again inquired of the Lord, has the man come here yet? The Lord replied, there he is, hidden among the supplies. I, I kind of wonder if that verse could be applied to looking for keys and wallets and things like that. Lord, is my wallet here? Is my keys here? But so, so there's Saul, he's, he's, um, he's hiding in his moment. Because when God calls, it's often terrifying. It's often terrifying. Uh, makes you want to run and hide sometimes when, when you get a sense of what God's, the big things that God, God has for your life. In 1993, I, was, I said no to becoming a U.S. Naval fighter pilot. Not that I could have, but I, in, my, in my head I did. Uh, and uh, in... I also said no to going to business school, and it's kind of following my father's footsteps, and I said yes to studying the Bible. I said yes to, to, uh, to going towards this future that I believe God was, was calling me to, and I knew that that would have a massive financial impact on, on my whole life and my whole future. I, instead of taking over the kind of the salaries from my, like that my grandfather and my father had, I got to become a missionary, which, which means would somebody please give me some money so I can do what God has called me to do. And God is faithful in that. And it's, it's, it's an it's a amazing way to live and, and uh, to trust God with, with that. But, but it, it, it can also be humbling at the same time. But I went through four years of, of studying to be a Bible translator. That's what I thought I was going to do. And then I went through three years of seminary. And it wasn't until the seventh year of studying that I finally said, okay, God, I will preach. For six years, I said, I will do anything but be the preacher. I will translate. I will be the support behind the preacher. I, I just don't, I just don't want to be the preacher. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. That is a terrifying thing to me. I have no desire to do that. I, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be, I want to be the best second, like I want to be the best helper in, in, in the church. And yet it turns out God pushed on me until I said yes to that. And it also turns out that the same God who calls empowers. And the same God who empowers changes hearts and, and helps. When God calls, people can be terrified. You see it all through the Bible. Moses, he's called, sends someone else. And he's kind of called with this pretty extraordinary moment, right? 
and yet he's still terrified at the, at the whole idea of leading the people out of Egypt. Gideon is terrified when God calls him to rescue the people from Midian. Nehemiah is afraid to go talk to the king. When, when, he, when he has this burden in his heart uh, to, to, to serve God, Esther is terrified. Uh, when, and, and she gets everybody to, to not eat or drink for three days um, before she approaches the king about saving her people. When God calls, it can be frightening. Because usually he calls us to do things that are beyond us, that need his help. Because he wants his people to live lives that prove he's real. And we don't live those lives if we don't need him. But when he calls us to do something that's beyond, that's obviously beyond us, then, then our lives prove that he is at work still in our generation. That's why following God requires faith and courage and humility. It's humbling. That's why we're called to be strong and, and courageous. Trust in the same God who calls, leads, helps, guides. So Saul, I, I totally understand Saul. I, I, I totally get the idea of him hiding in, in, the, in the luggage, uh, hiding there. Uh, this, this, this appointment over his life is, is, feels too overwhelming, too overwhelming. It's too big. But God's going to be with him. And God is going to be with you. And it's, it, it just, when it's you, it, you, you, we're worried about that. Will God really be with me? But story after story after story. The people who set their hearts to follow God will. God will be with them. And God will be with you. He'll be with you. Let's look at this. Um, so, so how is God going to be with him in this moment? Well, so uh, he's hiding. And then verse 22, uh, it says, They again inquired of the Lord, Has the man come here yet? The Lord replied, "He There he is, hidden among the supplies of oh, the supplies. I thought luggage was weird when I said it out loud. I'm like, oh, I didn't really picture that. Oh, anyways, hidden among the supplies. They ran and got him from there. When he stood among the people, he stood a head taller than anyone else. Samuel said to all the people, do you see the one the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among the entire population. And all the people shouted, long live the king. Samuel proclaimed to the people the rights of kingship. He wrote them on a scroll, which he placed in the presence of the Lord. Then Samuel sent all the people away, each to his home. Now here's where it is. Saul also went to his home in Gibeah, and brave men whose hearts God had touched went with him. When God calls... He often sends help. He always helps, but he often sends help in, in the form of people. How can Saul be king without anybody there to serve and to help? To help him establish it. He, 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 he's not even in charge of his own family. And yet somehow he has to establish a kingship over a nation. He's going to need help. Well, God didn't just call this guy to be king. He also touched Brave people's hearts to follow. Brave people's hearts to, to follow. 
Maybe, maybe for you, this could be, this, you, you could feel like God's leading you down a certain career path, and that could be God touching someone's heart while you're in the interview process, and you end up getting a job that, I mean, we both know you shouldn't have probably gotten. And yet, God was in it. God was in it, and, and he touched somebody's heart. Or maybe, or maybe someone uh, just comes alongside of you in your life, in your situation, and starts helping you and serving you in ways, and you're like, what did I ever do to deserve this? Nothing, probably. God probably just sent someone to help you in, in his goodness. In, in August 2005, I almost quit on this church. But God sent someone to help me. And, and it was just the most bizarre story. I'm sitting in Starbucks, as, as you should. And I, I'm sitting there in Starbucks doing my Bible read-through group with a few people. And there's this kid there who's been eavesdropping on my Bible read-through group for a few weeks. And it was obvious. He's kind of leaning back in his chair, leaning over. And, and, okay, and he's there every week, sitting in the same place. And, and, and so kind of finally I'm like, hi, I'm... Brian, I don't really know exactly how the conversation went, but somehow we started talking, and then I ended up inviting him to start a Bible read-through group with me, and we started going through, and I started discipling him, he started coming to the church, and then uh, that began this long and encouraging friendship, and so I, I couldn't have, I, I wasn't able to get things going, I needed help, and, and I needed help for my, my heart to stay encouraged, but I also just needed help. And God sent Scott to help, to help me in those years, and I, I, I just needed it. One thing that I've noticed time and time again throughout the years of leading this church is I need loads of help. I need loads of help. And season after season, God brings in the right people at the right time. Sometimes to, to, to be on staff, sometimes to be on serving teams, uh, sometimes to, to just be present, to be encouraging. I can't one-on-one -on -one encourage everybody in this room, and yet it can, be, it can happen. It can happen. I, and I know you're here for a reason. Not only for what God wants to do in you here, but what he, what he wants to do through you. Well, anyways, one of the ways that God confirms that he's leading you and he's, and he's, and he's uh, a part of this calling in your life is he sends the help that you need when you need it. He sends the crucial help you need. God sends help, and he moves people's hearts to, to support you. So that's the good news. Now, there is another, maybe not so, uh, not, it'd be nice if it ended one verse shorter, but there's one more verse. And this is the, what the final verse of the chapter says. It says, but, <clears throat> so brave men whose heart Scottish church went with them, but some wicked men said, how can this guy save us, which is true without God? one of the, the humbling things about leadership. How can this guy, true without God, how can this guy save us? They despised him and did not bring him a gift, but Saul said nothing. Fourth thing, when God calls, opposition often arises. Moses and Pharaoh, Elijah and Jezebel. Nehemiah has Tobiah. Jesus has the Pharisees. And Paul pretty much has everybody. <laughs> At least that's how it feels. Uh, when God calls, opposition 
arises often. When I got ready to uh, open this church, a, a Christian leader in the area said to me very clearly, God has not called you to do this. In fact, you're opening a church in rebellion to God. And I, I kept calm and carried on. I, I just said to them, time will tell. Because the reality is I knew I couldn't do it. And unless God shows up, this ain't going anywhere. And so either God's going to, if they're right, then yeah, it will be very obvious. I'm just going to see if God shows up in that moment. Um, and I'm sure it doesn't surprise you that at most, most moments of change, some, some people uh, speak up and, and there can be opposition there in, in different ways or different kinds of opposition. Uh, I, I don't really know how to advise you in your situation. If you're in a moment where you're feeling some opposition, where you're feeling pushback, where, where you're feeling like you're trying to follow God and there, there's opposition there, I don't, I don't maybe know for every situation what the right move is. In this case, Saul stayed silent, and then over time, God established him. I see the same in Moses. Moses, when he gets opposition, he goes to God, and God keeps establishing him. Uh, I, I have tried a few different ways <laughs> over the years, and I'm sure you have as well. But my favorite tends to be, okay, time will tell. Time will tell. Either God's going to end this moment in this calling or not. Uh, the enemy always seems to be wanting to blow up God's plans. Uh, through maybe discouragements and, and, and opposition. But if you want to follow God well, if you want to follow God well all through all the seasons of your life, it's possible that you will be unfairly disdained is the word we saw here uh, unfairly looked down upon by by some people maybe unfairly spoken poorly about maybe unfairly misunderstood maybe insulted or rejected or or personally attacked by your character or your your, um, your decision-making, uh, very often it's accompanied by IQ-related comments, like you're stupid or whatever, like what are you thinking? But family, we've been called to this event. Actually, we've been clearly called to, to, to that this is part of following God well. Jesus rejected. The apostles rejected. The prophets of old rejected. But rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to God. And that's where we set our anchor. But chosen by God and precious to him. So we're in this series entitled Make a Difference, Learning to Follow God Well. If you want to follow God well and make a difference for God all of your life, you're going to have to be able to keep following the call of God on your life, no matter the awkwardnesses and no matter the oppositions. No matter the insults, no matter who believes in you who doesn't believe in you, whether you're honored or dishonored, having people walk away from you like what Saul experienced. No gifts. No gifts. If you need people to be happy, if you need people to be supportive of you, you're not going to make it very far. If, if that's going to drive you, 
it takes an inner strength and courage to follow God well so that you can really make a difference. And so family, I just encourage you in this life of following God, be strong and very courageous. Very courageous. And encourage each other daily. Because we all need perpetual encouragement. We all need it because following God well isn't always easy. And because we tend towards proud, we don't always show how we're hurting. So just assume that, that as people in this room are setting their hearts to follow God well, that there's encouragement, encouragement needed. I want to I challenge you. I want to call you. I want to say be a verse 26 people, not a verse 27 people. Be a verse 26 people. And in verse 26, it said, brave people. Verse 26 people. Brave people whose hearts God had touched went with. That's the kind of people we get to be called to be. Brave people whose hearts God have touched. I know that you can do everything that God calls you to do. Because he will be with you and he will help you. I know that there's going to be challenges. I know there's going to be setbacks. I know that it won't follow your ideal timeline. I know, I know, I know. But the same God who calls and powers and helps and is Build, brought you to a church that's been called to encourage one another as long as it's called together. I know that you can make a difference as you resolutely set your heart to following God well. And so in light of that, I have three challenges for you today. Challenge number one, I want you to articulate in a single sentence what you believe God has made you or called you to do with your life. This, if you've not done this yet, this, is an, this, is, this could be an anchor thing for you. Uh, now, you might get it wrong, okay? But spend some time praying about this. God, what have you made me pray? And, and, and see if you can articulate this uh, in one sentence. When I think of a sentence, I think of maybe 15 words or less in case some of you are masters of commas. Uh, one, one sentence. Number two, what's one way... Uh, what is one way you honor your parents a bit more whilst following God's calling on your life a bit more? I don't think that was written well. I'll, I'll work on this later. What is one way for the evening? No. What's one way that you can honor your parents a bit more whilst following God's calling on your life a bit more? And thirdly, ask God for more courage and encouraging people who will help you follow your calling. God, give me courage and fill my life with encouraging people.